Welcome to another edition of the Casual Hour, a podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about, I don't know. Revenge. Bum, being bummed out, revenge, sad times, uh, dark, rainy forest. I don't know. We're going to talk about The Last of Us later on. I'm your host, Bobby Pease. Joining me, as always, the gamer on the go, Chase Kinnicky. That's me. And the gamer turned dad Johnny Amazich. Gentlemen. It's me. Hello. How are we doing tonight? Um we'll get into it. Tonight? <laughs> yeah. Great. This week? Tonight's fine. Yeah. Tonight's okay. Uh to date the episode, this is episode one seventy three, correct? One seventy three? One seventy three on June twenty fourth is when we're recording 2020, this. Twenty twenty, the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. The year of our dumpster fire, Lord, at this point. Um, yeah, just keeps getting better, guys. It just keeps getting better. Um, I haven't winning yet. I'll tell you what. we've The last several weeks, we've been giving you updates on how we're doing and kind of what's happening in our worlds here at the show. And as we've discussed, like just to give a recap, obviously, we were all quarantined during the pandemic. Um, we are continually standing up against any sort of injustices out there. And we do believe that black lives matter. Um, but this, this week, you know, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, our show in its nature is supposed to be a casual hour, which it never is an hour and it's never quite casual these days. And the thing that, that we continually have to do is use what little bit of voice we have to talk about things that we, we are against. And uh, tonight is no different. And it's, I'm just going to say, like, I'm fucking tired of starting episodes out having to address toxic fucking behaviors and bullshit that's continually impacting. And again, our, our community that we come from and that we love with video games, we believe in, we, we, we think there's great experiences and great people behind it telling amazing stories. But it's also been a community that has had struggle in the past. And... And I, and I think what's different more. from our recent episodes, we're talking about things like pandemic and, and mm-hmm. public protests and things like that that are working on a national or sometimes even global scale. Uh, this one is definitely hitting closer to home, which we're no strangers to. Like, like you mentioned, we've we've gone through Gamergate stuff and, and all sorts of bad video game right. things going in the past, layoffs and things like that. and. Uh, we've, in fact, gone through this before. Multiple counts and calls for sexual assault and, and bad behavior by by people in the, the gaming industry, in the games journalism industry, and it's it sucks that we have to keep doing this, but it keeps happening, and it's, it's worth talking about, and it's worth... Uh, it's definitely worth listening to these voices that are... That are these victims, for sure. Yeah. It turns out uh, people of any type of influence, uh, be it video games or uh, comedy, uh, other forms of entertainment, uh, or really just anywhere where you might have a position, you right. get shitty people who take advantage and do terrible things. Um, and it's, it's never fun to learn about. Uh, There's never just. There are more than just the people involved in the incident that are. Yep. Really, upsetting and, and and not cool. So, 
uh, yeah, we obviously are opposed to and stand against. And, and I sure. think if there's anything good to come out of this, it's that these voices are speaking up. Yeah. That, uh, people, people are being held responsible in, in some way. Um, I mean, the, the people who were at IGN, the editors at IGN that were doing some really terrible things, they no longer work at IGN. For a while they haven't now. haven't worked right. at IGN for a like while. Four so years? It's not like, two years? It, yeah. It's not like it was from this, but uh, they're, they're being publicly called out now. Uh, right. Well, it just, it just shows how Destiny long community. those negative experiences stay with you. Sure, um, even if, you know, especially if you just keep them inside and don't really tell anyone about it, it can still fester and cause you great harm. Yeah. Uh, I, know, I, think it's... I know you guys are sick of hearing about Destiny, but the Destiny community this last week is, has gone through multiple, uh, some of the bigger streamers uh, for, for Destiny 2 have have been called out for sexual assault and inappropriate conduct, and wow. those people are have actually gotten cut off from their teams and and gotten their uh, gotten pulled from various sources and sponsorships. So uh, it it is good to see that that some form of justice is is coming for the, these people who who do this harm, and I I think that is something good to take from this, even if it just feels like because it can feel like. God, another bad thing happening yeah. in 2020. We just went through a pandemic. We're still going right. through a pandemic. We just went through protests. We're still going through protests. Pandemic right numbers now. on the rise, too. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, today was apparently the, the highest the most new case, confirmed cases, most in, new cases a in a day. Yeah, I know well, Hey, if we just stop are... testing, sure. No yeah, more cases, guys. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just math. Um,. I've been trying to, if my audio is coming across weird while we've been talking about this, I've been trying to tweak a few settings as we've been recording here, but um, apologies if this is too loud or I'll try and fix it when I'm recording. But the last thing I'll just share, my my thoughts on this would be, uh, it's important to believe people and to give them a platform to share um, their stories and to feel safe doing so. Um, And that goes across the board for any. Uh, getting better and having tough conversations and leaning in and, you know, here in St. Louis, there's a lot of this happening right now also, which is not great. And we want to make sure that to be there for each other and to give. And that's got to change. And we, we don't have all the answers here at the casual hour. Uh, we're just a couple, we're three white dudes here in the middle of America that really like video games, but we also have a conscience and we have. Right. So with, with that in mind, like we definitely wanted to acknowledge it at the top of the top of the show, let people know that, that our thoughts are with them, that we're definitely listening, that we're believing them. Uh, but at the same time, we, we know that we also are going to do what we do, which is make a, a video game podcast that is stupid and make fun of Johnny. And we promise to do that. Yep. He makes it so easy. I really do. Yeah, making fun of Johnny is what we do best here at the Casual Hour. Uh, outside of making fun of Johnny, we do tend to talk about video games, and this is a What You've Been Playing episode, uh, which means that we're going to tell you a little bit about what we've been playing and then what we're going to be doing outside of that with, with news and we'll come back together and tell you more about it. 
So, Chase, you've continually been keeping an eye on the that itch bundle, looks like. I think that's generous. I realized today that uh, it was recording day and I hadn't played a new itch yeah. game, but I need to fix that. So I played one for okay. about 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, but but it was one that I was aware of. So it, it's not it's not like I'm giving it an unfair shake uh, because I at least knew something about the game beforehand. This is from uh, published by Double Fine and it is called Nog. Nog. Came out, came out a few years ago. I think this has been free on other platforms too. Yeah, this trailer was from. Yeah, definitely. It's it's on a lot of stuff, uh, but I never played it back in right. back in its day. Uh, but now it was part of this itch bundle, and it seemed like a good time to to give that a shot. Uh, it makes my computer real hot, but also yeah. so does most <laughs> games. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's particularly uh, intensive for for most people's quote unquote Ooh. rigs, but for my uh, my little laptop, it uh, not is not super happy about that. It was running okay though. Uh, Nog to to explain it to people is is kind of like a series of I want to say puzzle boxes, but that that almost feels too. Mm, like it's more fun than that. It's more it's more about experimentation and seeing cool stuff than it is about solving this complicated box. Uh but basically what they do, they it, it reminds me a lot of actually uh Bobby what I keep forgetting the name of it, the the uh iOS game from last year that was the fixing stuff from the uh, the guys that made two? the ones that, yeah, from, from the, the people that games. made uh, Monument Valley, right? Uh, yeah. That yes. particular game is called Assemble with Care. Assemble with Care. That's it. Um, it reminds me a lot of Assemble with Care. It came out before Assemble with Care, so that's you know not <laughs> not helpful in that. Is it, it it's like similar like graphically, or is it more like anyway. mechanically what you're doing in that? No, no, it, more mechanically, because you're right. like playing around with things and s- flipping switches, touching buttons, turning. Is this turning like a hand-drawn to, looking to game that I'm happen. thinking of that you're talking? Uh, no, 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 no. This is this is like super flat, flat huh. shaded. Um, I it 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 looks it just looks like really vibrant two D art, but it actually okay. is all in three D. Uh, It's got a very cool look to it. But but basically the idea is you get these little boxes that look like they... They kind of look like lunch boxes, but they're more like... They're more like action figure packaging in a way. You you open up these individual packages and then you see just these little puzzle box things. Just these these little um, units that, that you can play around with. And... Some of them, they'll all have different themes. So I played, I only played two of them. Again, I didn't play too much of this. But the first one you play is called Froggy. And there's kind of a, a big, not even really a frog face because it's got teeth. <laughs> um, but it's like this big head. And you can see its eyes and there's a little butterfly on its chin. And it's just kind of, kind of got these little teeth going on. And you can kind of manipulate it. You can turn it around and, and play with the back of the head, and the back of the head has some knobs and switches that you can 
pull and, and rotate and then finally like the whole back of the of the unit comes off like if it was a game boy and you're trying to get to the the battery unit in the back you can just kind of take off that little door and and now you get access to all the inner workings and you see that inside this thing it's almost like did you guys ever know uh play with mighty max as a kid it was like boy oh, yeah. might have been a little before after my <laughs> okay yeah no this these were like the little like makeup makeup mm-hmm. things that you would open up and then there'd be like little scenes that you could play with little action figures um so that's a lot what this feels like you open up these things and there's even more little things to play with on the inside and a lot of it is really just do the things in the correct order but the finding the order is is not usually that hard. It's a lot of glowing stuff and and things pointing you in the right direction. It's got like directions. a black light vibe. Uh, but it's all just yeah, sure. It's got a little bit yeah. of that, some neon vibes to it. But it's it's just charming in the way the visuals happen to you. It's really a game that I feel yeah. like you experience more because it's all about I'm going to hit this button and I wonder what it is going to happen or That's I wonder what sound this thing's going to make or. Uh, I, it's not. I wouldn't even call it a soundtrack. It's like a lot of ambient sounds, and then a lot of sound okay. effects coming from all the the different things that you're playing with, and and it's really cool. Like on the froggy one, uh, the you you open up the back, and there's a, a little bedroom scene, and there's a frog sitting on the bed, and it and it says that it's hungry. You can you can see a little icon that says it wants to eat some butterfly. So then you have to find it, it has two lamps, but there are no lights in those lamps. So you you kind of click around and you find two light bulbs then they go in there and then those light bulbs attract uh, a butterfly moth kind of thing and then you have hmm. to get it in the right position and then the frog can jump up and and eat the butterfly and then once that happens you get a thing that you can then flip back over and put on the face of the big frog and then it's got little warts on its head and you can tap those little warts and now more butterflies fly onto those areas and then the whole face, once you fill it up, will shake and shake off all the butterflies. So now you can get to the to the button on its chin. And when you hit that, then more things happen. So it just kind of keeps unfolding in interesting ways that are that are sometimes surprising, but always visually pleasing. And that's kind of the game. So I finished Froggy and then it sent me two more packages and it says, OK, well, now you can do sub or you can do, I forgot what the other one was. I, I did sub. So now it's a submarine. And it's the same kind of thing. There's like a submarine with a face on it. And it loses its eyes uh, to these fish that just pry them off. So now you know you have to go through another little puzzle thing to get these two different eyes that will snap on to the front. And then let it be a submarine again. And it's it's just Let me ask you this question nice. if I could. So just researching neat. this game a bit, it looks like it initially reached released on ps4 and it was initially released with vr mm-hmm. and so yeah, I just add, I like, that is right. you've played a little bit of vr at my house and i just didn't know like do you think that this game would benefit from that space like this would that enhance this do you feel like it's being limited playing it in this current format I would say it's very limiting playing it with okay. a trackpad. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like if I had a mouse, I would feel a little better about, about it. Uh, if it. I Even if I had a controller and was moving around a, a cursor, yeah. But the touchpad, it just it's fine, but you're just so limited on where you can go with the touchpad that it felt like 
You know, I, I need right. to spin something a lot, and I can only spin it so far with the touchpad. I mean, it works. It's fine. I, I got him to, to finish, but it's uh, I, I could see VR being a good way to play this, of just yeah. being able to manipulate something in a space that's right in front of you and having a little bit more control over that. I, I'm sure it would be fun there, but even still, it, it was fun just to watch the visuals and see how things play out and hear the different sounds that things made. It's it's just kind of this little play thing that is that is just really really nice. I had a good time with it. I'll, I'll probably play a little bit more and, and see more of those. So this game also looks like it's available on a, on a lot of platforms now after its initial release. It's three dollars on iOS. I imagine it's probably the same on Google Play. I think it's fifteen dollars if you're purchasing this on Steam. Um, I think it's also fifteen dollars on PlayStation if you're grabbing it there. Um, but maybe on an iPhone or an iPad that might make more sense to what Chase was talking about with interaction. If you wanted to check the game out there. Yeah. See that. And that's uh and Nog is spelled with a silent G in there. So it's G N O G all caps. Nice man. It's I think cool. we could use yeah, some it. just really nice, pleasant things right now. What else you been playing, mm-hmm. man? Uh, well, you know, I've been playing yeah. more destiny, of course. Uh, nothing, nothing new to really report sure. there. Just, uh, Playing, playing with different people on different consoles. Broadening your horizons. Bad. Uh, Always getting better. Yeah, like playing without an X button is really I fun. I don't know playing why you've had great. so much problems with your controllers. I don't get it. Maybe it's just a bad machine. I don't know. Chase gets upset and he, he breaks. Who could say. Uh, I'll tell you, really hard to play Gambit when you can't dunk moats. You know, if it's if it's any any help, I do have an extra controller you could probably borrow. It's one of the newer models too. Yeah, I might take you up on that. Let's see. Anyway, so a little bit more Destiny. Of course, I'm still playing Animal Crossing every day, getting those nice. getting those photos. I did. Uh, Johnny, you'll you'll love this. Uh, but I recently took. Uh, a photo I, I cosplayed in the game as Android 17 from the acclaimed anime series Dragon Ball Z. Um, and then I cosplayed as Android 18 from the acclaimed anime Dragon Ball Z. And I put them in the same spot on my island and took the same photo in the same place with the same expression. Right. Because they're twins. And I'm hilarious. It's, I... it's very good. I'm, I'm I, I love inside jokes. <laughs> Chase, I was thinking that you yeah, should. Great. Um, since the Switch saves all those photos to the uh, SD card, it would be cool if at the end mm-hmm. of this, because, dude, like, f- fucking printed photos are, are so cheap right now. Like, you could get 365 yeah. photos for probably $3.65 of Walgreens, and you should print those out. Sure. Yeah, I, I was definitely thinking of what I would do. Yeah, like make an actual like scrap. Yeah, like sure that that might be cool because uh, I was thinking about something digital, of course, uh, like throwing out a blog post or something that would have all all three hundred sixty five on them and then writing through them. But uh, like a blog post with three hundred sixty five right. images sounds like hell. Each, um, and trying each to one takes you to a new page too. Hell too. You could make a a photo book yeah, to give away as like gifts. Yeah, who knows? That might be that might be neat. I'll, I'll figure out something to do with it. But I I do plan to have 
365 photos at the end of this and and do something with them. Uh, but that's yeah. been that's been fun. That has kept my interest in the game more than anything else in in the actual game has. Uh, you know, it, I sold turnips today, so I'm still still going on that. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since yeah, Crazy Red's come to my. I'm sorry, Jolly, Jolly, Red. Jolly Red at this point. He's so rare, and I have so many paintings left to get. So that's that's been a reason to keep playing. I still have Gulliver things that I want. You have that that Moai yep. head statue that I really want and haven't gotten it yet. Um still still checking out uh in the evening seeing if it's a clear night to do stargazing and find Celeste. I really want to be able yeah. to build that moon. Can't yet. And then still waiting for gold armor and a rocket so and I can you're make waiting that on, goddamn uh, robot. What's his name? Raymond. <laughs> Sure. Yes, and still, still hunting for Raymond I mean, or other cool villagers. Uh, he has a pompadour uh, and a leather jacket. Right. He's a koala. Uh, Eugene's pretty. He gives syphilis to everyone on the island. I said I would take him, and you said no. Because it's then, okay. I'll what if keep Raymond searching. would have been the next one, and you wouldn't have got him? I would have never forgiven myself. You're right. You're right. And and Eugene is a smug ass panda and he would make it harder for smug ass cat Raymond to come to my town. So it, it was, it made sense to leave him, but <sighs> anyway, um, so yeah, I've been doing all those kind of daily things, but the other game that I played and uh, <laughs> I played it over the weekend and I'm more or less done with it as our, as our, I'm you guys, I imagine, is, uh, the new, Okay, well, yeah. Johnny never. Well, I, I got I sense. got sucked down. But... Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we might talk about that later. Um. But yeah, I, I played the new Pokemon DLC. Uh, I'm I'm playing Pokemon Sword, which it, it does change how you which uh which rival you have for this new DLC, oh, the Isle yeah. of Armor. Bobby, you're the mm -hmm. one who's got Shield, right? Who's your rival? Yeah, poor bastard. That that. Psychic oh. dude who sucks. Yes. Is he psychic? He's like he's like steampunk, okay. Johnny. Yeah, he he's sucks. wearing a tie-dyed suit, but yet he's somehow steampunk. Yeah, he's like a steampunk juggler. I juggler. <laughs> I mean, dude, no, he is man, that'd be that'd be better. Awful. Like he is the worst. I'll say it. He's the worst Pokemon character I've ever encountered. Really? Is he worse than yep. Swordbert and Shieldbert? Those guys are just dumb looking. They're stupid. Oh, man. This guy is... Yeah. Like, he's an asshole, first of all. And he's manipulative. And he looks stupid. He's so dumb. Uh, Dude, this, I wonder how yeah, much, how much dialogue actually say. carries over between him and the sword, and the sword rival. Because she... Is one she uses poison Pokemon mostly, but she still has that slowpoke, which is just does psychic, she talk to herself? So that's weird. Um, yeah. Yes, talks to herself. Uh, she's she's very self conscious. She yeah. doesn't want you to be there. She tells so she you not to go to the dojo. Yeah. Off, I mean, it's got it's got to be the exact same thing though. Totally. Maybe. Yeah, I I could see it being pretty similar, um, but I I found her to be. I like mean, but in like a funny way, and maybe that's just because her design isn't all that bad. But I could see if if it's just like a dorky ass character that you already hate, and then they act like that, that that could probably grate yeah. on your nerves quite a bit. Um, 
but yeah, I, I played that that Isle of Armor DLC. So there's a bunch of new, a bunch of quote unquote only new one Pokemon new, out right? there. And by new, I mean there's only one new new Pokemon. Technically two, I guess, since it evolves. But uh, yeah, they they yep. brought back a lot of Pokemon, a lot of from, Gen 1 Pokemon. from previous games. Uh, a lot of Gen One Pokemon for sure. Um, we got some new uh g max versions gigantamax versions of uh blastoise yep. and that blastoise. Venusaur. and they've got a new mechanic so to that's do good too. uh did the right and the new the new starters yeah i think that comes in the next one right because i, I g max uh my uh intellion and nothing uh nothing came up okay. with with the change there i was a little yeah that probably you brought up a good point there, man. And like, I, I I'm playing this as well as I as I mentioned, like playing on playing Shield. I did complete it. It didn't take much at all, um, but I got confused. And I know I reached out to you guys and was just like, "Hey, I thought that there was this or that." And I think the way that Nintendo sold this at the time was they showed both expansions. They did, and it, and it made it seem much larger. Yep. I mean, I'm I'm not feeling confident in the next expansion. That it's gonna be more than what this is, because this is legitimately like a. Nu- mm. So there is some stuff in, that's out there right now. Uh, I know there's a, a some Pokemon YouTubers out there who are you were able to data mine some of the stuff and see a few of the things that are happening in the next one. There's gonna be, I think there's like 119 new new old Pokemon in the in the next expansion so there's going to be even more of those those older monsters to catch we know that there's a new uh yeah. reggie legendary pokemon out there or maybe two new two new i think there might be two new uh we know that the kanto birds zapdos articuno and and moltres they're getting g max versions or or not g max uh galarian versions of them uh we know there's a new legendary deer kind of thing in that uh, so I, I think the second one's going to be a more substantive, more yeah substantial uh, expansion than this one is. But I, the thing I told you guys is I think this is probably a really great expansion if Sword and Shield is your very first Pokemon game. Because y- you, you'd you have just so much more to do. There would be new Pokemon that you could go out and catch that would, that would be the first time you could catch an Abra sure. and level it up and... Uh, it, it would be the first time you can go after some of these kinds of Pokemon that you just didn't see in the original uh, Sword and Shield. But for people like us who have played those previous games, who have Pokemon Home, who've transferred all those things over, and we can send them back and forth at any time through Sword and Shield, there's just not really an incentive for for going out. I and agree, catching man, and I think Pokemon. that you know we all got pretty excited when we saw that. Finally, uh, Game Freak was going to go the route of we're going to do small doses. We're going to add more into this game to sustain it rather than like the ultra version that we've done in the past where you're 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 basically buying the same game with a few Mm -hmm. little added changes to it. And when I heard that, I was thinking, great, you know, there'll be more stories to tell because traditionally with DLC, there's some new mechanics that go into it. There's expansions like, yes, you got to go to the Isle of Armor, which I thought was going to be another whole landscape yeah for sure that would also have the uh what's the zone called 
wild zone? Yeah. The, the I didn't realize zone. that it was the, only yeah. a wild zone. Yeah, it's it's just all wild area, which, which is kind of cool. I don't I don't necessarily mind it, but it did feel a little it felt like it limited their design of what they could do. There there's nothing to really hop over or or there's no like obstacles right. in your way it seems. You you can get on your bike and just ride everywhere at that point. I, I think that's also my problem is that this is really I feel like Game Freak made end game content for for this. That like this is supposed right. to be end game content. All all the battles happen at like level sixty and up, which feels too big when you're fighting stage stage one Pokemon. Like to ha- to fight a new this new Galarian Slowpoke and for them to only be at level right. 60 is kind of ridiculous um but so in older pokemon games if you beat the elite four it would usually open up a new segment for for something to for you to go play uh, in the originals it was right. cerulean cave uh in other ones it would open up like new islands or different places that you could go mm-hmm. because you were the champion now and and in this game, it did it didn't really have that sword and shield. I mean, it had a post game story with the sword, sword, Bert and shield, Bert thing. But then it it just ends, right. and that's fine. It, you you can end. But I feel like Game Freak said, okay, as soon as people are finished with this story, they're just going to turn off Pokemon and not not play it again until this DLC comes out. And that's not what happened. People kept playing. People kept growing right. their their teams. People got level one hundred monsters and. And so if you go into this DLC with with those Pokemon, your level 100 team, that team you've been leveling up, you just can't I mean, walk through the whole the thing. The whole thing was and kind there's, of cake There's nothing really fun but about could... it. Yeah. I mean, even though it's even though it's end game content where everything's level 60, isn't that crazy? It's still like you'd have Pokemon that are better than and that. Also, so man, it doesn't matter. And there aren't that many trainer battles. There's there, none. There's no there's trainer not. battles no. just out in the field outside yeah, of your rival. And your rival has. That. Well, you have it's all you wild. Do fight area. the one. You fight mustard, but outside of mustard, you've got right. But he, the one thing that they're gonna have yeah. you do is you go through like five floors of fighting to to evolve your cub foo. And the thing about that is, is that mm-hmm. again, when you get cub foo, he's like level ten, I think. He's, but you go out and you. Right. Like, hey, everything's level 60. Here's a level 10 Pokemon. You put him in your party. Cool, you fight, like, three things, and he's already, like, halfway there. And... Yeah, like, you fight one thing, and he's already learned four moves. I'm like, and, okay, that's weird. And then... Maybe no, you're okay. Bob, I was going to say, like, to Chase's point, people kept playing this game, and what they were doing is they were playing fucking raids. And every time you do a raid, you're getting yeah. a shit ton of EXP candy. And so everybody's sitting on yep. this bucket of like EXP candy. They get this cub food. They're like, oh, we need to be level 80 to go up in the tower. Cool. Boop, boop, boop. Done. I'm 80. I walk up here. I one man this whole fucking tower of all my <laughs> Pokemon. And now it's like, well, what did I need this armor of protection for again? That's the big thing. Like, I would have I loved yeah, like something to use it. it Yeah, it it does feel a little pointless at, at one point. So you, you're right. They they give you this criminally under leveled cub foo for this expansion, and then at one point they just spike the level up level up and say, "Well, he's got to be." Yeah. I think it's actually level seventy, but still, it's like 
It needs to be level 70, and you probably couldn't get him there if you were just fighting regular normal battles and going through the story stuff. So that that you're exactly right. That's what right. I did. I dumped a bunch of experience candy to to make it up to level 70. I you can only use cub foo through that and that was fine. I easily went through it. Uh, I think Bobby you probably had an even easier time. Mm -hmm. You went to the dark tower, right? So I went to the water tower, which meant everything that I was fighting was water in some way. Uh, I did give cub foo the TM thunder punch, so it trivialized that for me. But Cubfu is a fighting Pokemon, so if you go into a dark yeah. tower, he's super effective oh. against everything. So I'm break, sure break. it was super easy for you. One hit break you. breaks the entire time. Oh, oh, man. I walk it in just, there, I say, yeah, where's your that's, bricks? That's kind of disappointing. I'm here to break them. I'm going to break them. <laughs> the broke. broke bricks break. Broke. Um, and, and then you get your your evolved form of Cubfu, Urshifu. And there's a different version depending on which tower you go to. Yeah. So I've got the water one that does like a rapid strike attack and, and has a bunch of speed. Bobby's, yours is like a super yeah, powerful dark move, I believe. It's and is pretty more fucking brutal. Attack. And then they also have different, um, they sure. make you go through the gigantamaxing of it where you learn how to use the soup, the mushroom soup. And uh, I did see right. Mustard. He has uh, Urshmu as well. And his is the opposite of yours. So I got to see both of the Gigantamax and it's literally just like what color of hue do you want to come off of it when it's in this size? Um, which I, I they could have right. done some cool stuff with like water and darkness there, but it's literally just like red or blue. It's, it's just like the game. Yeah. So uh, I, I think there's something I, I enjoyed going through this. I enjoyed seeing a new area of Pokemon. I think the, the wild area stuff was was cool in a way that people like the wild area right. from the original games and and so hey it's a whole island full of that it's a bummer that you don't have trainer battles in there you don't have a lot of training opportunities right. there that feel good um there's a huge discovery mini game you can do to find a bunch of alolan diglets 150 of them i did not find did you guys finish that 150 yeah 151 in total um what do you get do you no, know what you get from god it? no that's oh, no, I don't. You get no lowland diglets. I don't need it. Here's a diglet. That would be just, just the fucking pits. Um, it, I do think it's nice that they at least break the island up into different pieces and say, "Hey, right. there's only seven yeah. diglets in this piece," instead of just saying, "I don't know." Good luck. Do one around here. Good luck. I mean, I I uh, tracked down uh, almost all the feathers in Assassin's Creed Two, so. Yeah. Oh, I don't look like here's what I'll say, man. Like Pokemon's kind of like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. And <laughs> uh, how how about when it's uh like, when it's <laughs> very filthy mouth and talking about rape? Oh, do, you, no. do you like do you, no. is that that's pizza like good? a lunch that's like been left out. Um Pokemon Full bad. again is still What I'll say is this. Fine. I I did that. enjoy being back in this version of Pokemon. I think Pokemon Sword and Shield is very good. Um, I enjoy a lot of the quality of life stuff. I love that it's on the Switch. I think it does a great job of being on that platform. Uh, if I'm if I'm being less you know pessimistic here about what they're doing, I think that it's cool to have another area to go to. It's cool that you can get these Pokemon. I would have loved a little bit more story. Um, 
even if it was like a teaser into like the bigger expansion, because it seems like this next expansion is a larger one to your point. Maybe yeah. it would set that up a little bit with like. I need that new Articuno. Yeah. So here's here's what I wanted. I, I don't think this is necessarily a bad DLC. I, and I think it's especially a good DLC if you played Pokemon Sword and Shield in a very specific way. It was your first one. If you didn't play too much after the content that was in the game, so your Pokemon are probably around level 60 or 70 when you start that DLC. It, I could see a person like that having a great time going, oh, oh man, isn't it great that some Pokemon are out there? Wow, there's just an Alakazam out on the field. I don't have to trade it to be able to make it evolve. That's awesome. I could see that being very exciting. Um, what I was looking for, and I'm sure it would have gotten Pokemon fans to revolt, because they've kind of revolted about this thing in the past. It doesn't take much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Very true. Um, I was looking for the Fallout 3 original couple DLCs. The uh, Operation Mm -hmm. Anchorage, I think is its name, and The Pit. Those, Those two DLCs, people did not like, because when you because Bethesda those DLCs, they took you... Well, yes, Bethesda is bad. That's true. It's a very true statement. Uh, but when you started those DLCs, they would take you away from the wasteland. You went to this completely separate part of the map that this whole DLC took place in, kind of like the Isle of Armor. Um, and all of your stuff was gone. You had yeah. to start over basically from where you were. You still had your perks from before and any level-ups that you had, but you'd have to... You know, it was a on-site procurement OSP. You're totally solid snake out there, um, where you just had to find find new shit and use that to go through the DLC. And people didn't like it because I'm like, I built up this big character from hours and hours of gameplay, and now you just forced me to go through whatever the hell you wanted me to go through, and that sucked. But I think that would have worked great here. Where this is just a mini Pokemon experience, I can't bring over all my level 100 dudes because that wouldn't be but fair. Do, that's that's if you were brand you new to this to chase, that. if you just purchased Pokemon Sword and Shield and you got the DLC with it, my question yeah. is: Are you able to immediately get to that train station and go to the Isle Armor? So I don't think so because they talk about the right. Champion Leon. I think I think you'd still have to beat Sword and Shield. And that and makes also, this next everything so much more high level. Than what you'd be to start with, so well, the, right. the whole make sense. wild area does go to sixty once you get to a certain point. But my my thought here is is I don't know if you guys felt this way, and Johnny, I know that you're still pretty new into it, but it comes across as like you've not played eighty hours of Pokemon before this. Yeah, at the end of the day, stuff. This game is targeted towards a much younger audience, primarily. Um, you're not wrong. So. You're not wrong. I don't know. It's, I, still, I think it's it, still real to me, damn it. Yeah. Look, man, I... <laughs> this is a Pokemon-loving podcast. Um, yeah. I think we just kind of have to accept that Pokemon yeah. will never grow up as much as we have over the last 20-some-odd years of playing these games. Tim Tim. Tim Tim. Maybe. Uh, let's, Maybe. Let's, let's wait until further in the news maybe pokemon did grow up into a game full of very complex mechanics um but yeah i I just feel like personally i would have liked and it's game freak has done it in the past with with other pokemon games other mainline pokemon games where you basically just start over 
and you have to make a new team and you have to play through to some point and then at that point they say okay you right. can bring over whatever you want sure. and i would have loved that for this if i started this dlc everything was level five or ten again here's your level five cub foo uh you go out and catch some of these new pokemon catch an abra we know you have one, right. but you can't use it here, so you might as well catch a new one and build a new bond with it. And maybe you'll like this one better, and it learns some new moves. And I could see that being really cool, building a full team again, going through this DLC. It definitely would have slowed me down, and I would have had to play more of it, yeah, which is good thing. a good thing, since it's so quick. And then, once I get through the tower, once I get Urshifu, then the game says... Cool. Hey, you did it. You're a you're a master here. You're some kind of karate, whatever. Uh, now now you can bring over your all all the Pokemon from yeah. Sword and Shield originally, and and I think that would have been uh, a better a full a more a fuller experience for for people to to have that. And I think that would have also allowed you to put that DLC in at any time. You could be playing through Sword and Shield. And only be at the second gym and still just go do that DLC and have a pretty good time with it because you're locked right. to just what you have there. Uh, I know people wouldn't like it because people want to take their Pokemon wherever they can, and if they're limited with their Pokemon at at any point, let's let's have a let's let's throw stones about it. But uh, that's kind of what I was looking for. Something something. My favorite part of Pokemon right. is that early game where I have to struggle a little bit. I have to play with not optimal Pokemon that don't have optimal moves that match their type. And, and I like that little struggle. And this had none of that. At one point I just said, okay, well let's bring over a level 70 and it burned through all the content until I got to the tower. And then I just had to use Kung Fu. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, I that's it, it I guess. And, and I think the next DLC is going to be the exact same way. It's just that it's going to have more legendaries sure. to catch. So right. that's fine. I don't mind going out and catching legendaries, but you're not going to get my time and attention like you would with a new Pokemon adventure. And I think that's why I've been going through these ROM hacks is to go on new Pokemon adventures, to, to have that time that I love of building that team. Like Johnny and I, we I didn't even play a game. <laughs> I was just like, Johnny, what should my team be? And we were talking about building a, a little Pokemon team of six and, and talking about type advantages and type coverages. And that was really fun. And then I wanted to go play a game and play with that team. And this didn't give me that opportunity. It was, hey, do I have anybody who's around level 60? No, I've got some 45s. I got some 70s. I guess, I guess I'll just play with the 70s because right. I'm not going to get my ass kicked with my 45s. I'll yeah. just use the good ones, I guess. And it just trivialized everything. And that's kind of a bummer. Because I think what they had there is kind of cool, kind of interesting. It just didn't give me an opportunity to engage yeah, with man, it. Like I, I, I feel the same way. I think that, that you speak for all of us in this. Uh, but it's definitely worth checking out. If you got it, check that stuff out. Um, Urshifu is cool. Urshifu is cool. Get, get, it, get it for him. It's, it's yeah. not super expensive. And if you get that season pass thing, you'll get both. And the second one looks like it's yeah, yep. more and that comes out as well. All uh, right. Well, that brings us to no the, the the lesser fun conversation. I don't want to do this. You can't make me. You don't want to do this. I really don't. So, want to do this. Uh, 
spoiler warning, we're going to be talking a little bit about The Last of Us Part 2. Um, Johnny Content and warning. I have been hanging out, playing this game since last Thursday night. Yep. Uh, to kind of put it in perspective of where we're both at in the game, I am ahead of Johnny by several hours at this point in time. Uh, we're both right over... Well, Johnny's just over the halfway mark, and uh, I'm a little bit ahead in there. About how many hours um, would you say that is? I'm at about 14 hours right now. Yeah. 14 hours? I, so like I would have completed the, the first game and then some. But so... Yeah. Hey, that first game is one of my favorite game. games ever. Uh, for the audience listening, Chase is bitter, but he's not played anything with this game, so his opinion's not valid. Um, uh, sure, I've read multiple that reviews, count. Though, so I've got got some. I understand. Doesn't count, Bobby. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna let you guys um, talk most of the time. I so all day today, not just because we were going to be recording this podcast, but because I reached a very upsetting moment in the story last night. Um, yeah. In this, I mean, I'll, this I agree whole, with Chase on this one. This, this whole <laughs> game is a series of upsetting experiences. Um, and so I have been looking forward to this game since it was announced. Uh, Last of Us Part 1, uh, as I said, I would rank it easily on most days in my top 10 games ever played um and this one i'm having i i can't i'm having a hard time thinking of the words to say without coming across like i dislike the game because that's not oh do you want to you want to tag me in i have no problem um, saying those words <laughs> sorry continue it's just it's it's a very emotionally draining brutal stressful experience while i'm playing it um yeah let, let, can we back up a little bit what what do you like about the last of us what what is the last of us uh the last of us is a narrative driven action game from the playstation 3 and it was remastered for the playstation 4 in 2014 uh by Naughty Dog, by Naughty it, Dog, mm-hmm, Uncharted, Jack and Baxter, Crash Bandicoot, uh, some of my favorite video games ever, made by uh, Naughty Dog, um, and it tells the story of Joel, a smuggler, uh, who, spoiler alert, it's been seven years, so whatever, uh, his daughter is killed, and he uh, is put in charge of taking Ellie, a then 14-year-old girl, across the country uh, to potentially... Uh, be used to find a vaccine for uh, a pandemic that has taken over the population. At the end of the game, you find out that yeah, a zombie outbreak. Uh, at, yep, and when Damn. you get to the hospital, uh, Ellie's put under, and you find out that she is going. The only way that they can uh, use her immunity is by killing her, because it's all intertwined with her brain. The infection is, uh, and so Joel. Uh, just goes on a murder rampage in the hospital, uh, takes Ellie and lies to her and says, you know, there are dozens of people who are immune. Right. Uh, turns out, you know, they didn't actually need you. And she just kind of accepts that lie. Um, 
and the game ends. It goes to a black screen after she says, okay. Um, so this game picks up five years after that. Uh, she at least convinces him that she accepts that. Line. I, I think, think it's that they both knew on... that Ellie knew yeah, I think that Joel fair. was lying and Joel knew that Ellie knew. And, and Johnny, if I, if I could yeah. just like throw something in there that I think is worth mentioning that at the time when this game came out, this was the last major release on PlayStation mm-hmm. 3. Yeah, and it not, was. Naughty Dog, because it came out in June, PS3. Like This game launched right around the time that we found out about the PlayStation 4. Right. I borrowed someone's PS3 so I could play this game. That's how, that's how badly Same. I wanted to play it. I, I bought a friend's PS3 to play this and then to also buy a bunch of PS3 games that were... And I think yeah. that the reason we, we, time, but we went to those lengths just is... There was a lot that this game did in a groundbreaking way. Now, the Nathan Drake storyline one through three, a lot of people highly regard the the cinematic quality and the narrative of telling that story. It's Indiana Jones, and I mean, like you've played that game, you know what they do. Like they've got some sweeping camera movements, some one shot stuff, some really cool over the shoulder. They transition from action to intimacy very nicely. And then you've got a game that feels pretty good, even though you're doing some pretty... I mean, you're killing a lot of people in, in the... In oh, it's brutal, started. but your your actions... Yeah. You know, like where, your actions in that game, regardless of the brutality of them, it always feels like you are struggling to survive to get to Colorado or wherever... The, is it Utah, wherever the hospital is? Um, yeah. I thought it was, like, fully on the West Coast. Anyway... But yeah, like where where Uncharted was yeah. Indiana Jones, uh, The Last of Us is closer to yeah. a Children of Men or a Book of Eli yeah. or The Road. I yeah. think it's probably the closest one to to what people are thinking of, at least in terms of content and 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 also sure. tone to a to a certain extent. But there's something about the way that they present, presented that. Like it was, I, I remember the first gameplay of this and what the combat looked like and how intense it looked, and you're balancing between these really interesting fungal zombies, but then also these really ragtag, weird-looking faction dudes that are coming after you, and the presence the of the hunters. Yeah. And, like, so you had all this stuff happening in the game leading up to it, where, yeah, the story that you just told is great, but there was there was something happening at the time when the sun was setting on that generation and this game was coming out that drew people into it. I mean, three of us just now said we figured out a way to get a PlayStation 3 to check that game out after an entire generation. And so this was a monumental achievement in storytelling by Naughty Dog. And I think that to to Chase's anguish right now and to like your point, that was almost a perfect story that some people felt didn't need to go on. Chase I didn't falls, think it did. And Chase falls in that camp. And I think a lot of people yeah. felt that Naughty Dog had a story to tell. They put you in that world for 15 to 20 hours. You go Less through. than that, man. It was it was like 12, 13. I, I didn't even play the DLC. Um, yeah. Like this, and the DLC is like more of like a prequel or right. semi-prequel. Um, and I didn't even play that because I just didn't feel the need to. I heard it was good. The, Left Behind. The, what is it? The crossing, the passing? Left Behind, that's what it is. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't feel like I needed a continuation of this story where where do Joel and Ellie go after that? It didn't really matter to me. It didn't like that wasn't pertinent to the story, um, but apparently it was pertinent enough to Naughty Dog yeah. to make a second. Um, or they wanted to make money. Who knows? Could have been any. Could have been anything. Yeah. Who knows? Um, 
this game has been uh, up until its release surrounded in a lot of feelings. This game also fell victim to being leaked. And regardless of where you land on the spectrum with people like those at Naughty Dog, there's a lot of people who put a lot of work into the project and to have it, you know, disrespected in that sense is some might say, too I, I think much that work. we can have another discussion on that in this day and age. Um, they're one of the best names out there. They're a household name. They have been for generations and yeah, there's been some crunch and I'm not, I'm not here to, to say that that's a good thing, but they, they are a part of the larger problem and video game culture yeah. of specific. Yeah. And I think they probably catch more shit than a lot of places do yeah. because right. of their prestige, because of look at the games they make, look at the quality of the games that attract so many gamers. Um, so when you hear a story like this and you, you hear stories about Naughty Dog and you hear stories a lot about Rockstar too, because those are just two huge forefront of the industry uh, developers. And so to hear that they're going through these kinds of issues, they, they get put under a magnifying hey, glass. Phil than- Fish all the way up to Naughty Dog Crunch is real. It affects everybody regardless of size. And it's a terrible Phil thing. Fish. Oh my God. And so let's talk about him. I mean, he, we're talking about bad things. Yeah, let's let's so watch any game and movie. Johnny, you undersold just the importance of what the first game was a little bit, in my opinion. And I just wanted to circle back. Yeah, there, there were, were also giraffes. I that undersold game, it. I said it was one of my favorite games ever. How is that underselling? I think it? Chase was trying to get you to explain this. Like, you can say this is one of my favorite games, and if I don't know what it is, I'm not going to really understand the importance of it. I, I mean, he, he I gave us a bit a of a plot summary. He, he gave us a Fair. summary Thanks. story. I, yeah, sure. But I mean, it it is. It's also a, a stealth game yeah. to an extent. It's a survival horror game to There's an extent. Too many systems you're managing. Uh, I think there were some good too mechanics. Uh, a good, some good mechanics of trying to balance stealth with trying to find materials, trying to pick your battles. Sometimes not yeah. like running away was the right option. Um, the the way the way that it built a, a rapport with Joel and Ellie over the course of a game, uh, a, a girl who is not Joel's daughter, but becomes basically yeah. a, a daughter to him and, and how much that relationship means to the player as well. And, and also similar to the road or, or some of those other uh, kind of uh, apocalyptic movies, you see the yeah. worst in people and, and, it's it's something that that I guess I felt in a general way, but it wasn't put so pointedly until I was listening to uh, an episode of of Waypoint or Vice Games or whatever the hell, uh, where they were talking about you know a lot of people just said Joel was a bad guy at the end of that game because he did this selfish thing right. by taking Ellie away and not letting her have a choice, but at the same time one of the their just really salient points is that you've gone through this whole game with and experiencing a lot of people who had the solution in one way, in one form or another, and they were all full of shit. And so why, why should Joel trust also, yeah. that these people now Ellie wasn't are not given full a choice. of shit? And, uh, right, Ellie wasn't given a choice, but also Joel didn't give her a choice. And I think that was, that was what some critics were saying is, you know, let her decide if she wants to die for the cause. But I think in Joel's mind, she shouldn't get that choice because she like that should never even be an option. You shouldn't have to say that you could sacrifice your life 
for somebody who is probably bullshitting you if every other experience they've had along the way is a guide. Right. Uh, so so I, I, think, I think those things made for a very powerful experience in, Last of a, in the original Last of Us. And, and so I guess let's transition now to Last of Us 2. What happens now? You, you're playing as Ellie. Joel is in the picture to begin with, at least. And then uh, things yeah, go from so there. Yeah, so this game, uh-huh. you're in Jackson. You're somewhat settled. Joel's in the picture. Tommy's in the picture. Ellie has um, kind of a run-of-the-mill go and do these patrols, which feels very familiar if you've watched any post-apocalyptic stuff. And then as things do, they go sideways. Shit hits the fan. And there's some bad things happen. There's some action that has to be taken. And, you know, Chase, you were dancing around it a little bit talking about what they were saying with Austin and all those guys over there. But what I think last of us two does, does it in a way that is just masterclass is it makes you really think about why you have allegiance to the characters that you do. And and especially in a game. And like, I think that this game I've played countless games where I had more control and a fucking meter that showed me, well, Hey, you're, you're actually trending towards darkness or you're going down a path where you're going to be a renegade and not a paragon. And it makes you think about, well, was I nice to that person? But in this particular game, I think what it does is, is it teaches you early on that somebody's bad. And then it also, before doing so, gives you a little bit more of that person's character. And it continues the way to develop this about perspective of you didn't get a choice when you picked up the controller for The Last of Us to be Joel. You were Joel. And you didn't get a choice to, at times, be Ellie when Joel was hurt. And you were Ellie. And in this particular game, you pick it up and you're Ellie. And you're dealing with all the complexities that come with that character. 18 years old, been lied to, been brought across the country. 19, sorry. All this shit that comes with it. And then you have to watch somebody fumble through their their life at this point in time and make decisions on their character. And you're not controlling it. You're just there for the ride. You're just participating. Yeah. And sometimes you don't want to be. And I think that this game does some really interesting things on a narrative where it's making you constantly think about what's unfolding in front of you, whether you want it to or not. But also, is it okay to dislike somebody that you've cared about, especially that you protected as Joel? Like you were the protector in The Last of Us. Johnny's made comments on on the survival aspect of that game and justifying some of the actions taken. And then even at the end of it, Joel's decision to not tell Ellie something because having her in his life, even though it's not his birthright daughter, is so important to him after the loss that he suffered that he can't go through it again. And you don't have any say-so in that, but you make a judgment. Was he bad for that? Was he good for that? And I love the concept of duality that you're trying to decide this with. And Naughty Dog, if they do anything right, outside of all the shitty stuff we talked about, those those people at that studio can tell a story and they can bring you into a world and make you feel a part of it and make you want to get the fuck out of it better than anybody else out there. And it's just unfortunate that there's a lot of bad shit surrounding what's going on with them and that they need to clean house on a few things. It's also unfortunate that we're playing a game this viscerally violent and difficult and fucking brooding in the midst of pandemics and justices fucking misogynistic approach to women like all those things that come to it like the last of us shows the absolute worst in people 
and it does over and over again. It doesn't fucking <laughs> care about your feelings when it does it. It wants. It's. I sent a meme to Johnny from A Clockwork Orange and then from Bird Box when they're just holding your eyes open. And I said, this is Naughty Dog the entire time something bad's happened that I could completely understand why nobody would want to play this game right now. And I would I would not say anything negative to you or dismiss your character. I would not say that you are a bad person or you don't like video games or you don't know you what You just it don't is. get it. Yeah, I wouldn't ever yeah. dare say that because this is some of the most gut-wrenching fucking hard shit. Like, this is the hardest game I've ever played emotionally without a doubt and it's got that by a country fucking mile and <laughs> well this oh one, chase why did you have to remind me of that dude so yeah like again let's talk about some triggers obviously violence towards women violence towards animals fucking the the violence in general violence. and that's the other thing too though but like i've had this conversation offline a little bit too and Johnny, weigh in here if you want to. Like I could, and I talked to you about it, Chase. Like I could play, an, an like a glorification, gore game. Dude, okay. I I burned through Doom, and like a week, and then I went right into Doom Eternal, and it was great. Right. I played lots of MK11 last year, um, but there's just it's the the grounded, realistic, just yeah. yeah this i don't i don't feel good while i'm doing this stuff like it's it yeah oh yeah I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Right. Right.
Well, sure. Adam Driver, when interviewed about playing Kylo Ren, I mean, he's not the first person that's made a comment like this while acting, but he talked a lot about, they're like, well, talk to us about Kylo and his motives. And he's like, well, I think it's all about perspective and like understanding that they, that he feels 100% justified in what he's doing. And I think that you're already deterred. Like he's a villain. He's a bad person. We don't like him. He's against the Republic. And that's any good versus bad scenario. Like, there's a justification. There's a there is a conscious conviction as to why I believe the way I believe, and a lot of the times that has nothing to do with anything besides where you just happen to fucking come out of the womb and fall on the ground. And there's there's people here in this particular post-apocalyptic environment. They they introduce a few new factions. Um, the Fireflies were the big ones from the first one. Uh, as, as Johnny alluded to at the end of The Last of Us, Fireflies kind of got the the business end of the stick from Joel um, and were, were kind of wiped out. And who was left, they had to go and they regrouped with other factions. And then there's, they introduce a religious cult into the midst of all this. The and Scars. The Scars. The and Seraphins. So you've got people that are giving you perspective from all angles as to like how to make sense of the terrible things that are happening. And... At what point in time does one thing become worse just because somebody on that side of the river is doing it? And I think that's a really interesting concept that they're, they're, they're showing you here is they introduce monsters while creating them and trying to humanize them at the exact same time. And you are left there to just soak it up and revel in it and think about what it is. I don't. I told Johnny this earlier. I don't think I've ever played a game quite like this. And yeah, like I, I don't think that the story they're telling is uh, it's not it's not one that hasn't been told before, you know, innumerable times. But uh, you know, it comes down to the the writing and the acting, um, and you know the gameplay part of it. So uh, Chase, you're you're right in that you know this game probably didn't need to exist, but uh, as 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 hard of a time as I'm having getting through parts of it, uh, I'm glad that it does. Um, I still, despite how icky it's making me feel, I'm not regretting putting the time into it, and I'm not at a point where I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore because I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm still getting... Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and and sound design, the level design, yeah. Right. I will like as I wrap it up. Like I'll, I'll share that <clears throat> I um, I find myself thinking about the game when I'm not playing it quite a bit, and I want to see what's going on. The story aspect we haven't talked too much about it, and we're not going to because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because there's a lot to unpack here. But I feel it's very justified, and it's given me more perspective on the events from the first game that I I really like. It changes it up in a way that. Is so yeah, it, so good. It makes you think about things that you don't normally think about. Right at the end of a story. 
and I, I, I don't always like, like we talk about like, oh, why do people always compare video games to movies and all this other shit? But what I'm going to do here is there's two movies that I've watched in my life that have made me feel a very particular type of way. <laughs> um, not, Uncle Buck. <laughs> so the, the, the two games that I will, I will sh- or the two movies are uh, Requiem for a Dream and Hereditary. And I walked away from both of those movies saying the very same thing that they were master class at what the story was. They didn't like, they were incredibly effective. I never want to have to watch those movies again. I don't want to spend two and a half hours reliving the pain that I felt watching those movies for different reasons. But there was a guttural like sickness that I felt. And I, I can tell you that the nerves that I'm feeling playing this game at times are the exact same nerves I experienced watching those two movies. And that doesn't like that probably doesn't get anybody excited to play this game, um, mm. but I can say that I don't want to compare them because of like what they're it has nothing to do with what they're showing or doing. It's just the way that you feel like after you do it. And uh, I, I I applaud Naughty Dog for the achievement alone on what they've done here. It's absolutely incredible, but. Yeah, yeah. There's new enemy types. It's yeah, some of the best enemy AI types. I've experienced too. Like, yeah, um, the combat. I, I, I have. I felt very engaged with it, um, and I've had some moments of genuine terror, especially with the new enemy type, where I normally I'd stick around, I'd clear the room, and I'd loot. You know. Uh, there was one moment from last night that I just said, fuck this, I need to get out of here as soon as I possibly can, and I just hoofed it through that area until I got to... Are you talking about the enemy type that starts with an S? Yeah. Not fun. The other thing that they do that I think is interesting with the enemies when you're fighting humans is how they communicate. The enemies communicate to each other. Like they do that thing where like if you're doing any stealth game, you wait for the guy to walk and it's like a very rigid, here's my path, here's my rectangle. I walk it very thoroughly. I don't look back, I don't stop, I don't get interrupted, I walk my path. You can plan it out and stab me. These people, when they're walking, they'll like stop and kind of like turn around and do like a backwards walk when they hear something or if they anticipate something. The way that their bodies shift when you come at them and the way that they respond to your movements is insane. But they talk to each other and when you kill somebody they'll be like oh my god tammy like they'll they like humanize everything that you're doing even for the the fodder in this game yeah or you're sneaking up and they'll be having a conversation and it it just drives home like hey these are real people these are are human beings that you're you're killing um yeah so uh that's good yeah yeah But we can stop talking about it now. Um, thank, thanks for enduring it, Chase, or at least entertaining it. You did very well. Um, uh, yeah. It's, Sarah has... Um, she's commented a little bit on, like, my tenseness from it. And, like, she's... Like, there'll be moments where, like, here... I'm playing here in the office that I'm recording in. Like, I'll just have to, like, get up and, like, kind of walk around for a little bit. And it's it's not good. 
Speaking of not good, EA Chase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, I I would say maybe boring. Like not it. It wasn't bad. It's fine. There was some interesting right? stuff. It wasn't bad. Um. So yes, EA EA Play. Uh, as you might know, uh, E3 did not happen this year. There was a, a little, like a little sickness thing going around, and they just decided to to call it off. Um, but yes, EA EA decided that we still wanted to show something, so they made uh, their own. I mean, they, they've had EA Play in the past, but they decided to keep presenting EA Play, and they did it as an online. Um, stream video that that uh showed up when was this it was a few days ago a handful of days ago uh i think it was yeah. uh tuesday yeah okay um and and we got to see some stuff like they they showed off some of their games uh i think there was a real focus on uh new platforms and ea trying to bring their games to to more people, and that that was good. Even if most of it felt like, yeah, we're just putting all our shit on Steam because Origin, you know. <laughs> but you still have to connect Origin games. for a lot of these games. Yeah, all these games you can already play on PC. Hey, now you can play them on PC, the real one. We mean Steam. <laughs> um, so things like um, uh, things like the Titanfall Two. Dead Space 3, Titanfall 2, Which I bought. Unravel 2, uh, Apex, yeah. FIFA, Battlefield 5. Like, those those are, a lot of those are pretty big games, and it's nice that now people will get to play them on a, a service that they use more than They were leaning in super heavy into that, too. Like, that whole thing was about Steam, man. Yeah, a lot of stuff about Steam. Uh, we're also, we also got told that Apex is coming to Switch. It's going to have cross-platform play. Uh, that's this fall so, right uh yes i think so chase do you have any desire to play apex on your switch no not on the switch like if i was gonna play it i'd probably play it on ps4 but i i still just don't feel the need to play a battle royale game you know what hey hey johnny yeah how about this if um it, let's say the pokemon company makes a battle royale game i think i'll play it right yeah totally yeah, we'll play that one. Why wouldn't you know, we? I, I love playing new genres of games that deal with the Pokemon franchise. Weird. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so we, we did get a couple of new announcements. I don't think it leaked. I think they just teased it. But there was that squad, our Star Wars Squadrons they announced that came out. They yeah. got, there was a leak. They said, hey, learn more about this Monday. They showed a teaser. And then during right. the EA Play, they showed a full... Gameplay trailer. Yeah, they like Bobby. Looks fun. You're the biggest Star Wars fan of the three of us, considering you're wearing a Star Wars shirt now. Yeah, and I think permanently. I, I don't think you've I've ever seen you without a Star Wars shirt. That's my that's my mo. Maybe you were like at work, but then I'm sure there was a Star Wars shirt. Star Wars underwear. That. Yeah, absolutely, totally, totally got the underoos. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Star Wars Squadrons? Yeah, so this is a game that's going to feature... Let's talk about the mechanics right away. It's a five-on-five dogfight game that will have a single-player uh, campaign in it. It is out-of-the-box cross-play for Xbox, PC, and PlayStation, which is really cool. Um, 
a lot of the early to mid nineties into the two thousands, there was some really impactful star Wars based, uh, flying games. And star Wars has on the boots, boots on the ground, storytelling with the Jedi and the Republic soldiers. But then there's a lot of dog fighting sky battles that happen with these different ships. Star Wars has the best ships moving on. Um, no, no argument. So they have different classes of these ships that you. The Nabu Starfighter. Very cool. Beautiful ship. Very, beautiful very ship. cool ship. I have the Lego the version of that. I had, I had two of them because one broke, um, and I didn't know how to put it back together. Star Wars Squadrons comes out in October. Um, it is really focusing big time on it. It wants this to be a multiplayer game. I, I think that the from what they shared, the campaign is going to switch you between. Uh, the Empire and the Republic, which I believe this game takes place a few years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So Empire's Fallen, it could be kind of the birth of the First Order to a degree, um, but there might be some tie-in to things that are happening uh, with the Mandalorian because it seems to be lining up around the same time as far as Star Wars goes. Uh, and and you, like you mentioned, you play both sides. Mm-hmm. You, you make two pilots yep. right at the beginning of the game. One for each side, and that's how you play those different campaigns. Uh, the game is going to support VR also at launch on PlayStation and, I believe, PC. Um, the game looks really solid. I don't know how you two feel about um, flight flight games. Uh, I'm typically not very good at them. No, but, no. But this is one that I think some of the modes that they're, they're talking about uh, with, with multiplayer, I think that usually, traditionally, on, on games like this, there's a very big battle taking place. So I think it feels a bit more intimate with five on five. I don't know. I didn't see anything about it. I don't know if there's like AI like fodder that's out there that you can, you can attack or not, but it seems to really be focusing on, this is a five on five battle with different uh, ship classes. So you've got your a wings, you've got your Y wing, you got your X wing, you've got your tie interceptor, you got your tie bomber, all those things that are are showing up here and you'll be able to, to roll that into battle. Yeah. I think there's, is it eight different ship types, maybe? Yeah, and then you can Six, u- upgrade and unlock shit, it looks like. And I think that they even alluded to um, continuing to support the game with like new ship types and bringing maybe some mm-hmm. stuff in. There might be some prequel error stuff that comes. Who knows? I didn't I didn't see a V-Wing, so I'm pretty upset. V-Wing is, is my favorite or st- space. Or Snowspeeder. Star Warship. Well, Snowspeeders don't go in space, Bobby. Like, I'm not... I'm not that would be a fun battle, though. Here. It would be fun. That is that is the best Star Wars ship, but it doesn't go in space. So I think that coming from EA, a, a couple things just to wrap it up here on, on Squadrons. They've, they've said that there's not going to be any microtransactions with the game, which they learned their lesson. Yeah, they really got to say that up Man, top these what? days, don't they? Why would they preclude the statement with that? That's... <laughs> and I do believe that the game has been confirmed to at least get the... Uh, smart buy or whatever smart pass that xbox is calling to go to the next generation for the series or at least ea's version of it like they're doing for madden where Mm -hmm. there's like a a a time period that you yeah uh but bobby you asked what our what our kind of what johnny and i what our experience is with these kind of more flight focused star wars games and while i never played x-wing or tie fighter those those like really classic ones that people talk about uh, my my favorite Star Wars video game experience, probably even above Knights of the Old Republic, is is the space battles from 
the original Battlefront 2. Yeah. Uh, you had those big space battles. You would fight those capital ships. You could go inside and get out of your ship and, and destroy their systems from the inside. But you could also destroy stuff from the outside. And that was my favorite stuff. Uh, I think the new Battlefront 2 has some pretty decent space battles, even though they're a little bit more limited. Uh, but I like, I do like flying around and doing dogfight stuff. I'm not necessarily very good at it, but I enjoy the excitement and the chaos of of going around. I, I would say something like Star Fox is probably where I have an even better time doing it. Uh, Star Fox 64 Wolf, I think, is is one of the coolest parts of a video right. game that I've been a part of. Um, so that's i'm kind of excited for this even if it's not really going to be in a in a form that i can probably play it like what'd you say platforms it's not coming to is it coming to consoles oh yeah yeah it's got cross play okay. out the out the gate it's the 60 okay. it's a, maybe i will give it a shot yeah i you know i think that who the hell knows what the rest of this year is going to look like with releases with, I mean, shit just keeps getting pushed around. So I don't have as much going on in October as I once thought I would. And I think that this is a, a safe bet for me. Like, again, not my favorite type of game, but they might be doing some interesting things in that space. Like, I, I'm more excited about the campaign than I am about the multiplayer. And that's what they're really pushing. So I've been talking about EA Access, like giving it a try. And maybe I'll, I'll test it out just to get a crack at this. Yeah. Well, I don't want to keep going on about EA. It, it wasn't, it, again, it wasn't that exciting. There weren't a ton of, of games being shown that, that made me think, oh, man, EA's really got it. You know, we got to right. see more FIFA and Madden and that kind of stuff. Um, but there were a couple of, of well, one thing I think was a big announcement, and one thing was a big non-announcement. And <laughs> uh, the big one is that they heard us question mark we did it we did, we did it? it question mark commenting I... skate four on every ea instagram Here's post the problem, for the last though. five they years they didn't say skate four they said skate they said we heard you we're making a new skate and that's it like it, it said it's not going to be here for a while right we don't have a logo we don't have a trailer we don't have shit to show you but we heard Early you. Days. We got the guy who made the skates, and we're gonna we're gonna make a skate. And all they had to do was say, "Hey guys, hashtag skate 4. and then like I think everyone would have been way more on board. But the fact that they didn't say skate four does make me pause a little bit. You guys I, I, like I think, mobile games? See, I don't think it's that. I, I no. think they at least know their lesson enough well, not, to be, pull a, be, uh, not to pull uh, a blizzard and do something like that. But, a reboot, right? No, no, no. I think it, I think they are making a legitimate new skate game. I just I just think that they're but, not I mean, going to they, call it Skate 4. Are they going to call it Skate? Because it's coming out on two generations Maybe. beyond when the last I one could, came I out. I could see that. The Skate. Yes. <laughs> um, it's I don't, do you think that they just, were responding to the tony hawk stuff yeah totally uh to an extent uh, i mean the the skate four stuff has been going on forever so tony hawk five was such a disappointment yeah i mean there's been such a push though for this game for such a long time 
Uh, and I know that there have been internal people pushing it at some points and have gotten shot down. I, I'm not. I think I think Tony Hawk was probably a good push for them to go like, hey, sure. these guys are making a skating game again. We there's there's hunger in that market, and and EA probably saying, you know what? I think after all of these things put together, yeah. When that, you look at like yes, Skater XL and Session, uh, much smaller games uh, that are more aligned with what skate was going for you know like there's definitely an appetite for so we'll see so so that was the big end of conference announcement it's very weird that like this was their big one last thing when they had jack shit to show (laughs) but they said the word skate and that's i guess what everyone was looking for even if they didn't put the four after it um, and then the big thing they didn't mention was uh, was Mass Effect, which Weird. I know Bobby has been talking about forever. And it sounds like it's a thing they're going to make. Like, it's a no-brainer to put like, it out there. Like, when the fuck do you, like, do they just do, like, a, hey, it's here next week? Or is it? Maybe, maybe it's something that has to wait for new consoles. Maybe that's the time where they'll say, okay, we'll do it. I mean, maybe end your fucking segment with that, because God knows you could use a W right now. And they showed well, Bioware they, they making they a trade. Hey guys, here's games that are ten, nine. Hey, if Rockstar can do it, and eight years it. old. Yeah, uh, I mean, drag. They, didn't they say Dragon Age is coming? Uh, they're remastering Dragon Age Two or something. Well, there's another Dragon Age they're working. There's another on. Dragon Age. Yeah. Is there just a new Dragon Age? But they stopped they, that to make Anthem. Yeah, they. Well, they showed some footage. Great call. Like when they were talking about Bioware, it showed off some footage that looked very much like Dragon Age. Okay. Yeah. Which uh, there's only they're, been they're one doing... one great Dragon Age game, so their track record's not. I really like the second one, but I it's know I'm fine. in the minority there. It's yeah. fine. Um, and I don't think it was in this, but EA did say that they are making a remaster of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit which is the reboot of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. <laughs> it's a little complicated, um, but this is the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit game that came out on the 360 and PS3 and is fucking awesome. That game rules, so I'd be very excited to play that game again, and it sounds like it's also coming to Switch. Uh, Switch doesn't have a ton of really good racing games. I mean, it does now, now that Burnout Paradise is out as of a couple days ago, but... Uh, that Need for Speed game, real, real good. So I'd be, I'd be all right playing that. Um, let's move on from EA Play. We have other stuff to talk about. EA is not the most interesting thing. Um, Dota. Wait, no. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's talk about the Pokemoba. Um, so at the end of last week, or, or at the end of their presentation last week, uh, the Pokemon company was showing off things we talked about last time that was the the pokemon cafe mix um new pokemon snap holy shit new pokemon snap guys amazing um showing off more stuff about the isle of armor dlc that was about to come out uh so a couple new things there and then they also just said oh yeah we'll be back in a week to tell you more stuff about pokemon and my initial thought was you could you couldn't make your video just 25 minutes long instead of 20 minutes long no this needed its own announcement it needed its own announcement it was 11 minutes long. It came out this morning uh, when we're recording this this morning. And we are getting 
a Pokemon MOBA. <sighs> it's called Pokemon Unite. And, it's, uh, and it kind of looks good. Yeah. I, I have never played a MOBA game. I'm going to play it. I don't know if we said it on this podcast, but Johnny and I have had this inside joke that, you know, Pokemon would make a great MOBA. Like, you, th- you just think about it. Like, it, the MOBA terms, like, there's, there's the, the forest areas, there's the jungle, sorry, the jungle. Yeah, you jungle. Um, it's like, that's just like Pokemon tall grass. Like, people can hide in the tall grass. That's just what Pokemon does. Uh, you have heroes that get stronger over time. They evolve. They get new moves over time. So do Pokemon. They get ults. Like okay, you've got you've got that. Like it's a Z move or whatever the fuck. You can you can make any of that stuff happen. There's so many things that can go into this. Like a Pokemon MOBA seems like a really cool idea, but they'll never make that. And they aren't making that. Tencent is making that for them. Uh, Tencent, the the very large Chinese company that's taking over everyone, including Epic, and they just got their their fingers in everybody's pies. But I like pie. Uh, Pi is good. Tencent maybe not so good. Yeah. But Pokemon Unite honestly looked pretty cool. And then they had to go esports it up <laughs> in the most ridiculous way. Uh, it was it was an interesting interesting presentation. Um, what we saw though, again, this is a MOBA, so it's a five on five. There's a big arena with lanes and. What's a little bit different from this game to other MOBAs is that you're not destroying towers and and kind of taking territory. There is some territory, but it's more about uh, you you capture Pokemon, you capture uh, the the NPC Pokemon that are around there, which are kind of like the creeps, I I guess, and then you're trying to deposit those Pokemon into what is basically the towers, if from a from a Dota or a League standpoint. And then when you are able to capture those towers, then the opponents have less space to work with. They, they can't, like the tug of war kind of changes with that. Um, it, seems, it seems interesting. It, it's got 10 Pokemon that they showed off uh, that you can play as right now. Uh, well, not right now. They didn't give a release date or anything like that. Yeah, I was going to ask if they gave a date. No, no, no date at all. But uh, from the Pokemon they showed, I'm not going to remember all of them offhand. But I know Gengar was in there, Charizard, uh, Blastoise, Pikachu, Talonflame was an oh, interesting cool. one that I didn't expect to be in there. Um, I, uh, Snorlax was in there. Uh, there there's a, a good handful of like really popular Pokemon that you're familiar with. Uh, no type advantages they said, but each Pokemon does have different different special moves just like in a MOBA so they showed off Snorlax at one point and he had like a big shield that he was putting up as he walked walked in front so yeah, that, he did. that makes sense for oh, him boy. Charizard had like a big ranged huh. fire blast that he can do uh, it it's going to be on mobile and switch and it will have cross play and we'll we'll see man I I was really surprised by this announcement I Especially after last week, where we all. already got like the big Pokemon surprise of Pokemon Snap coming back, uh, to to see something like this, it's kind of fascinating what's going on over there. That's um, anyway. I mean, I, I think I, I want to see more of this. I don't have um, I don't have all the insight on that, but yeah, yeah. I, I've never touched a MOBA in my life. 
and I it was kind of comfortable with that. I, I watched a couple. I went to a league tournament because it was in St. Louis, and a friend was going and invited me. Um, that most of that doesn't mean anything to me, but seeing seeing it done with Pokemon and and thinking that because it's Pokemon, it's probably going to be a, a simplified version that is a little easier to get my head around. I, I feel like I would totally give this game a shot. Uh, and it's going to be free to play. They did mention that it will it oh, will cool. have some kind of in-game purchases. I don't know what they do with that. Is it skins? Like, is it costumes? Is it the shiny versions of oh, those yeah. Pokemon? That'd be cool. Or is it? Or is it like the Smash Brothers? Here's Pikachu with a party hat. Here's Pikachu <laughs> with goggles on its head, or, or something like that. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see more about that game. And if they keep adding th- adding characters, like that's one of the things you see in MOBAs is there's just so many characters at some point. How many Pokemon do they do they toss in there? And and how many from from newer games? Like the like the most of the ones that I mentioned are the original 151. Talonflame isn't. Uh, Lucario is also in that game. He isn't. But most of them are are pretty like pretty mo- pretty specific monsters that you're aware of already. I do wonder, it, it does make me wonder, we just had, like, late last year was the was that big Google poll, you remember? When yeah, they did, like, Pokemon the big the Pokemon year. poll. I, I have to wonder, I'm sure this game has been under development much longer than that, but maybe that poll was, is something that they can pull from to say, oh, hey, we need to get Umbreon in this game, because look at how yeah. popular Umbreon is, or... Uh, wasn't the number one Greninja? I, 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 Greninja's got to get in this game. Yeah, for sure. Sure, pe- people love Greninja. Let's put him in there. Uh, anyway, so that was a cool little surprise that happened today. Uh, a not-so-cool surprise is that Microsoft has just decided to shut down Mixer and transition Gosh. transition yeah. a lot of their resources. I, I don't really know all the details of this because at one point people were saying they sold to Facebook Gaming and now it sounds like it's not really that they're just they're not yeah they're not i think that like they're not giving user data to facebook right it, it sounds like they're trying to transition as many of their partners as possible over to facebook gaming and facebook gaming is going to uh utilize the xcloud service in some way to to be like part of a partnership with microsoft but Mixer, as we know it, is going away, and it sounds like any of those partners, even though they're being encouraged to go to, to Facebook, and I believe Facebook is supposed to be honoring their agreements, uh, that it, you can just go back to Twitch or go to whatever you want. So the big, the big story, I guess, is like, what's Ninja going to do? Is Ninja gonna go back to Twitch? Well, oh, Has burn that bridge? There's a few people I know that are streamers that have a very, very limited following right now. I mean, these guys. It's just, well, if they're on Mixer, they absolutely have a limited following. Hey. <laughs> but they they jump ship when everybody else jumped ship to Mixer, and then I saw recently yeah. that they're back on uh, Twitch. Sure. And so I don't see how like contractually they have to stick around if it's going to Facebook, especially in the stickiness that Facebook is in right now with a lot of shit. Like I can't see how they can contractually hold them up. I don't know what that looks like. Hey, you got a fucking millions to come over here. Now you're leaving. Like, I, right. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I, in my, I believe Microsoft said in a statement that nobody is required to go over to Facebook gaming. 
they they have the option but they they would have their contracts honored if they went to to facebook gaming i i believe it was something similar to that um from what i hear from mixer i i never used mixer uh i never watched anything on mixer i hardly watch anything on twitch i'm not i'm not a streaming guy uh, like i'll watch giant bomb stuff but it was but good not on mixer it's fine like I, i'm yeah one of the I, things they did out I of heard, the box i heard it was really a cool. good so they did, service they did co-streaming which was great like that's cool and twitch had talked about it for years and when they rolled it out it, apparently it was only to kind of like the elite of the elite that could have changed by now but it was also done in a way that you know for console gamers especially those on xbox it was baked in really nicely and it was super easy to go live you could plug a usb camera into your xbox and you could have a really cool platform for next to nothing like you could spend 200 bucks get an xbox get yourself a headset and a camera and you're streaming and if it's all about your content, then you don't need all the bells and whistles. And and it sounded like they also had pretty good moderation there, which mm-hmm. is something that Twitch continues to struggle with. I think there's a on blackout on Twitch right now. There, there definitely yep. is. Yeah. And Twitch, I think, just put out some more rules of how people, and by people I just mean women, can dress on there. Yep. They're, they're putting all sorts of restrictions on, on what you can and can't show that really doesn't apply to guys and it, it can just i show like it's, can it's i get on twitch and show my man nips yeah yeah probably no they're they're cool with that and i mean i guess it depends on how hairy they are i mean you wouldn't th- you would think looking at my beard that i got a little bit of a forest on my chest but really let's move on <laughs> um what what i think i'm most interested in now as a person who doesn't actually really care about streaming services all that much is what does this mean for the xbox series x because Xbox One, Xbox One X, they had, like Bobby, you were mentioning, they had that ability just to stream out to Mixer. I think it's going to be Twitch. Gonna have that option. I think it's Twitch. Like, is it, do you think it's Twitch? Do you think it's Facebook Gaming? No. Maybe, or maybe it's both? I, I don't mean, if they're working with Facebook Gaming, then doesn't it make sense that they would continue I, to work with so Facebook So the, the statement I read on this was that Microsoft no longer saw a monetary uh, value to continue supporting Mixer, so they're giving it away, basically. Yeah, and I, I think that they either do something with Google, and do like YouTube integration, or they they go back to Twitch, and or maybe they let you pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's so, there's so nothing stopping them from having all those options. You yeah. can you can download the Twitch app and stream to Twitch from your Xbox right now. It's just not baked into the operating. Uh, a couple quick. Last news stories to talk about. We also got a uh, new Smash Brothers video. Not not a direct exactly, but uh, got Chase, a new Smash Fighter. I yeah. think the most yeah. interesting part about this was not Min Min, who seems no seems all right, uh, but the the glimpse into the home life of Sakurai. Yes, that that specifically the his two TV owning ass. Love it. <laughs> With, uh, like, every console. Like, yeah. He had, like, Super Famicom, Wii U, wow. Xbox One. He's one of five people in Japan who owns an Xbox One. Uh, <laughs> you know you know, he cleaned that apartment right before they started shooting. Yeah. Like, it, it was a nice-looking apartment. Just had, like, this little couch out in the middle of nowhere with a couple little pillows that were hiding new shit to show. Uh, but yeah, they did. They did give a little glimpse, a little pan over to see that he's got two TVs, which was it just so adorable when he was talking. Like you know, sometimes he likes watching TV when he's playing a game, 
or if he has guests over, it's nice to be able to play with two TVs. Yeah. And it's like, you beautiful man. What do you, like, you, you never see that home. Don't lie to us. You're, <laughs> you're at the office forever killing yourself. Oh, man. But yes, uh, we did get the new Smash Fighter, which is Min Min from ARMS, a game that none of us have played. No. Not <laughs> once. Uh but also is is kind of the perfect Nintendo property that should show up in Smash Brothers. Like this yeah. is it's a it's a fighting game. The characters have wacky abilities with these stretch Armstrong kind of arms and in some cases legs or even hair. Um, and we all thought that it was going to be Springman or Ribbon Girl, I think is her name, uh, because those are kind of the main protagonists. But Sakurai said, yeah, the, the creator of ARMS just said, yeah, you should do Min Min. Min Min's the best. He's like, yeah, fine, we'll do Min Min. And uh, she, seem, she seems neat. I mean, she's, she's all about ramen. Her, her arms are kind of like ramen noodle strands that, that spring back and forth. She has the ability to switch her arms, in, or switch one arm at least in this game, to different configurations. So one arm is always going to be kind of her signature arm, that has the uh, dragon head that's able to kind of shoot beams out of it. So the, the dragon head itself is a is like a, a punch, but then it will also do extra damage if it connects with its beam. Uh, but then her right arm, you can switch to uh, like this longer, longer range kind of spinning disc looking glaive kind of thing, or uh, a big, big, powerful, hammery electric thing. I forgot the names of all these things uh, yeah, so or, or have a second dragon arm and and she she works a little bit differently she doesn't have special attacks exactly like uh like other ones do where a's are all of your smash attacks and then b the b button does all your specials instead of that she can just uh she just throws out combos with her two different arms and it seems like she's got some really cool moves. Uh, it's been a long while since I've played Smash Brothers. Johnny, I think you said in your household you guys go back and play Smash every mm -hmm. once in a while. Yeah, we've played a couple times in the last Have you played week with or so. any of the new guys? I've, I've, Bogard, or? I've tested them all out, yep. Nice. Uh, I think Hero from Dragon Quest is probably... Yeah, I, I hear Hero is, is quite good and even has some borderline broken attacks yep but joker is uh, pretty fun too yeah jo joker i i did remember playing a little bit with joker i think i played with joker and terry when those guys came out but haven't played too much with the other ones um min min seems like a great addition i i, I think her move set is interesting um she'll she'll be a nice part of the cast the attention to detail uh, that they do with these characters is really impressive how they how they find ways of bringing in little references do the different kinds of games i could i mean i could easily see min min playing as a very uh as a very quote-unquote smash brothers type uh character like like i could see her basic attacks if you give me five minutes and i can draw up all the attacks that she should absolutely have despite not having played arms before because i just kind of know what a smash brothers character looks like and i think it's really interesting how they have subverted that to do interesting mechanics with these different characters like terry terry brings in move sets and m motions uh like the actual motions of executing the moves he brings that in from his game similar to like the ken and ryu or just ryu um from from the the cast um 
Joker has that has his persona that levels up as as you go. Uh, Hero has all the different Dragon Quest heroes and has uh, some really different mechanics that just don't feel like he doesn't feel just like a generic sword guy like all the other generic sword guys in Smash. It feels like he actually has some really unique types of moves. And I think that's really cool that they are doing more for these characters than they have to. Uh, and really doing them justice. Yeah, it just shows the the love and. and... Totally, yeah, I so I Min respect Min... the hell of what they're doing here. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's been a while since I played Smash, and I think I'd probably pick up Smash once they finish. Once they finally say like, "Hey, we got all the characters in there, uh, and we're done now." <laughs> um, <laughs> Sakurai is gonna rest. It's it's gonna be a while. This is the first of six uh, from this potentially final fighters pass that they're doing, and uh, we have no idea what the other five are going to be. We'll have to see. Um, Sakurai did say that even though COVID's happening and people are still have stay at home orders, uh, this thing was recorded in May, I think he said. So it's it's been a bit since uh, since they actually recorded it, but. It sounded like the Smash Brothers team was relatively unaffected by working from home and they're still cranking away at stuff. I don't think we're going to get all six of these characters over the course of 2020. I bet we'll probably get one or two more before the end of the year. Uh, but this, they're probably just going to keep stretching it on and we'll see who else shows up. I'm excited. Uh, Can't wait. Now, they did show uh, in this, like, if you have the, the Fighters Pass... You get Min Min for free and the stage. I think the stage looks kind of cool and has some good ideas. We don't need to get into it too much, but it's an ARMS-themed stage. Uh, they also have a bunch of ARMS music that is in that like is now 27 added to the game. tracks or something like that? Yeah, I think it's like basically every track from ARMS is just in the game now. Uh, but there also are some Mii Fighters costumes that you can, you can pick up separately. Uh, Ninjara, who is also from ARMS, has, has a costume. Callie and, Mar- Callie and Marie from Splatoon, Heihachi from Tekken, and then the big announcement. It seems like they always have like one premium, hey, they're not like a full-blown character, but isn't it cool that we have this character in there in the form of a me costume before it's been Sans or Cuphead, and this time it is Vault Boy, hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, that sucks, guys. Anyway, um... And then the last thing they showed was that we're getting new amiibo because, of course, we are. They're they're going to make amiibo of all these Smash characters. So they showed off the one for Joker, uh, which looks pretty good, and they showed off the one for Hero from Dragon Quest, and then uh, you know those other ones are going to get him as well. But hey, Persona amiibo for a game that's not on right Twitch as it should be. Cool. Cool. Uh, and then last story here. Rogue Legacy 2 got announced. They they showed a little trailer for it. Uh, it'll be on Early Access July 23rd. Uh, on Is that on Epic Game Store? I think uh, it's on Epic Game Store, not on Steam. Let me, let me check to make sure. Nope, it says Steam Early Access and, and Epic Early Access. Uh, so both on July 23rd. Um, not, not a ton to say about this. The art style is different. It's not pixelated, but it's uh, it looks more like a flash game. It kind of reminds me of like an alien hominid, but uh, the the shapes are still the same. the The art style is the same, but the artistic medium is a little bit different. If that makes sense. Um, 
and looks like the other big thing is yeah it looks like rogue legacy but the other big change it seems is that there will be classes so the you can like a barbarian actually uses an axe now instead of instead of a sword uh there's a mage class there's um I mean, obviously, there's a sword class. I'm sure there's one that I'm... Uh, oh, somebody has a bow, too. That's right. Uh, there's an archer class. So, in in addition to all the different physical differences that they can have, um, all the different modifiers that they have, you also have this class structure over it as well, which can really change up the gameplay from run to run, which is a cool idea. I, I, I guess I applaud them for that. And they showed off a couple of the new modifications as well, I mean, like synesthesia. So everything that moves around the screen now has like a rainbow trail to it. And that looked nutty. Uh, there's flatulence. So I think every uh, time you double jump, there's a big fart that happens. Nice. That's that's yeah, absolutely. Who wouldn't love that? Great. Um, so some cool things with that. Uh, I love the original Rogue Legacy. I, I this this seems fine. I, I'd probably give this a shot. Uh, you know, I don't have a PC to play this on, but if it eventually comes to something like Switch, I'd I'd totally play it because uh, the original Rogue Legacy is good. Did you guys play the original Rogue Legacy? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cool game. Okay. Chase, thanks for taking us uh, to the news I think there. That's it for news. Yeah, totally. Uh, before we wrap up with our plugs here, we did actually get. Uh, just before we recorded tonight, we actually got a question or a couple questions uh, through Anchor, uh, which is where we post oh, the show. So I'm going to play uh, these three questions for us really quick. Hopefully, everything comes for through it. for you guys to hear. All right, I've got three questions. First question Are you guys in love with Destiny this week or do you hate it? Because you can't seem to make up your mind. Question two What are your thoughts on the new Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion? Three, why do you guys still talk to Johnny? Mm. Three good questions. Who's that from? That's from Phil, a uh, friend of the show, Phil. Uh, he's, uh, he's a big Destiny fan, and so I know that we... He, he had reached out also prior to that, basically saying, like, hey, you guys are talking about how you didn't like Destiny and how you do like Destiny. I would say, hey, Phil, that's how seasons work, man. Um, like... We've got uh, we had a really bad season, and we've got this nice new season that I, I think is well, pretty positive. I'm, I'm pretty positive on it. Yeah, I, I am liking the season a lot. I think they're bringing back some cool stuff. I do wish they would have brought the trials weapons back when they brought the trials armor back in that new dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even even still, I'm finding a lot of new things that I'm really enjoying playing around with. And actually, I think Destiny's done a good job of, or Bungie has done a good job of making those old mods, those old armor mods from the last couple seasons that it didn't feel like people were using all that much. Right. And and finding ways of expanding that to to really make that system more robust and more uh, interesting and more rewarding for people to engage with. And I, I'll admit that I have actually been playing with a lot of those mods and trying a lot of those things out and they are extremely effective and fun. So destiny this week, thumbs up. You have to love and hate destiny at the same time. Uh, that's also true. We did, Destiny is wrestling. If you go back earlier in the episode, we, we discussed a hell lot of Pokemon. So you got your answer there. We all wanted more, but liked it. 
And then Johnny, I I don't I don't know why we. Can I, I think you could say the same thing for Johnny. We yeah. all wanted more, but yeah. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Applies. <laughs> wanted more, but liked it. Uh, so Phil, thank you so much for sending that in. If you have any thoughts and you want to share them and get it on on the show, uh, you can leave a voice memo on Anchor uh, itself, which is super easy to do. That's where you can find this particular show, uh, anchor.fm slash the casual hour. We're on every major platform for podcasts, and then you also can get an RSS link if you want to. Uh, if you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to at the casual hour on Twitter or just the casual hour at gmail.com if you want to do an old-fashioned email. Uh, Chase, you run Gamers on the Go. How are things going? I do. The last time you all talked. Huge, huge news. Okay. I will be doing, I will be recording an episode tomorrow. New episode. With this piece of shit, Johnny? Yeah. With Johnny. <laughs> New Games on the Go with Johnny. Um, what I think are, we're what are you guys talking the, about? I think we're going to keep that a surprise. But um, I'm excited. Don't I've been like doing it. some research. I, I will say that it's actually four games in one. Okay. We're talking about four games. Technically three, because the fourth one's not a handheld game, but part of the franchise, so we're going to talk about it anyway. But yeah. Okay. Four yeah. games. Cool. It's going to be great. Can't wait to hear what you have to say and stomach Johnny's. I'm extremely excited. I love one of the four games. Ooh. <laughs> Johnny, what have you been playing with your son? Uh... <laughs> We've been playing some Mario Kart, some Smash Bros, Minecraft, the usual rotation. Mario Kart 8, Deluxe. Very cool. And her, my wife, and Jude can't keep up with me in that game. And it's wow, kind of boring to play wow. with them. Do you, do you need us to come over and yeah. Yeah. humiliate you? I would appreciate some healthy competition. <laughs> Fair. Uh, well, hey, I appreciate... Everything that you two shared at the top of the episode on perspective, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy having you both as friends, but also colleagues here on the show because you are great people. colleagues. And uh, I think that there was some great news that we got through tonight. Last of Us Two, hard to get through. Maybe it will be worth it. Time will tell. Pokemon. Are you describing The Last of Us or our friendship? Easy to get through. Will it be worth it? Time will tell. Uh, tune in next week. We'll have a lot of fun new games to talk about for the month of July. And uh, send us a message on Anchor. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, hey guys, congrats on another short episode. Really hey. Good. <laughs>